Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. All right, everyone. So today we're here with Dr. Lauren from Think Dyslexia on Instagram. So Dr. Lauren, do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself? I sure do, Dr. Maria. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. So um, yeah, I have been a special educator for 10 years. Um, it's crazy to think that. I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm getting older. Um, but I, I guess a little bit about myself. I started my career in a private dyslexic school in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. And there, that was when I really got my feet wet knowing what dyslexia was in Norton-Gillingham. Um, I taught fourth grade for, for three years there. Then I moved to another specialized school. Then I was in public school and I was a special educator doing co-teaching at seventh and eighth grade level. Then during that time, which I know we'll talk about, I was working on my doctorate. And then I ended up working in a nonprofit for a year. And now I'm currently a learning specialist at a private Quaker school in Baltimore. Awesome. Wow. That is quite the history to have. Yeah. That is quite a, you've done amazing work for kids, especially um, students with dyslexia or students who um, have challenges around reading. It's so, so needed. And so much awareness I think is needed around it as well. Definitely. I would agree. So this episode, we're kind of focusing on talking about getting our doctorate. So one of my questions that I get asked a lot is, what made you decide to get a doctorate? So this goes back to when I was in college, actually. I always knew I wanted to pursue higher education. I was a psych major undergrad, and I knew going into that, I had to go get at least a master's, um, if not a PhD. And I, at first, I wanted it to be in psychology. but um, I finished my major my junior year of college. And so I was like, what do I do now? And so I picked up a minor, which happened to be education. And so um, my senior year, I took a whole bunch of education courses. And that was when I realized, okay, psychology can obviously help me in the education field, but I don't think I want to pursue. I don't even know if they had CIDES over 10 years ago. <laughs> I know that that's a newer doctorate, but I didn't, I, I knew for sure at that point, I didn't want to pursue a PhD in psychology. So I went down the route of getting my ma a dual master's in um, elementary and special ed, but I always knew I wanted to go back and get my doctorate. So I think for me, um, so two sides of my family. So one side of the family, they're very educated and have, uh, you know, I didn't realize my grandmother had her doctorate degree until, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. And my great grandfather was a medical doctor. And so they were just really educated. And so it was, it, and no one ever said you have to get your doctorate. I just think it was something I wanted to pursue. I think there was also the prestige aspect of it. Um, also I just like learning. So I feel like even when you graduate college, that's not it. And at this point, I feel like a college degree, I don't want to say it's completely obsolete, but you kind of need to 
go a little bit further too, if that's your thing, if that's your jam, you know, if, if you want to continue education, I think that reaching that pinnacle is, is just, it's such a great feeling. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit, I always knew I wanted to pursue it. I just didn't know what route it would go and, and how it would, um, you know, come to fruition. That's awesome. We are like twins. I I have my undergraduate degree in psychology as well. And I finished all my coursework my junior year and decided to take education classes. No way! Yeah, my senior year. And I, I did classes in special education and applied behavior analysis. Okay. And I knew I had to... My undergrad is in psychology. I don't know if I already said that. Um, And I knew I had to get a master's degree and... I um, decided to get it in school psychology, so my school psych license. That's awesome. Um, and I got my BCB at the same time, and I always knew I wanted to get a PhD. Um, from when I was an undergrad, I had a, an amazing mentor who was like, took me under his wing, and we did a bunch of research together, and I just loved doing research, and I know how important it is to our field, like how much we focus on evidence-based practices for our students and really developing the research behind these evidence-based practices and stuff. So I knew if I wanted to do research that I wouldn't necessarily be able to do it as a practitioner. Like it would be really challenging to do research and practice at the same time. So that was kind of my driving force to get my PhD. Um, So that's so funny that like it's so parallel (laughs) in our experiences. Uh, for deciding that and and I there was also like the prestige aspect of it of um, having a degree that is like a terminal degree and I I just took it as an opportunity to like learn as much as I could because I knew I would want the like whole knowledge base when I was practicing right like I wanted everything that the world of education could offer me so that when I was practicing I would, you know, have a really good foundation. Not that if you don't have a doctorate, you don't have a good foundation, but it was just something that motivated me as well. Yeah. And I also think too, people, I feel, I don't know about you, um, people take you more seriously. (laughs) And I feel like both of us are younger women. And I, I don't know about you, but I've been told like, you're, you look too young to have your doctorate Mm -hmm. or like, wait, what do you mean? Did you say that you're Dr. Lauren? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just interesting. You know, I guess the, the schemas that people develop and they think it has to be like older white men or just older people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and it's just, that's not always the case. Yeah. I think, and definitely more and more people I think are getting their doctorates younger and younger. I think that the the perception that you have to have all this exper- like practical experience where you go back to get your degree is uh, something that is not necessarily holds true today. I know in my program, there were seven of us in the program when I was in the program and only one person was, I guess what you'd say, like a typical PhD student, like an older male student who had you know had a 30-year career and then was back to get his phd um where everyone else were younger females that had a couple of years of experience or not even and we went just straight through to get their phd um so it was like a good cohort of people to be around to like like like-minded people and everything um to be around so i definitely think though things are changing and the perception around getting your PhD or your ED or your doctor in general, PsyD, is um, is different. Yeah, I would agree. It's exciting. 
So you have your doctorate in education. Is it like, what is your specific doctorate in? Is it just, not just in education, but like some people have like really complex, like long <laughs> degrees. Yes. So I graduated from Northeastern University okay. in Boston um, and in 2019. So my degree is in teaching, learning, leadership, and curriculum. <laughs> so it is a long one. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And okay, can you help explain the difference between a PhD and an in a doctorate in education or an EDD. Yeah, sure, sure. So my husband actually has his PhD and it was funny because I really wanted to pursue, I, and I think that this, the stereotype is when you, unless you're a medical doctor, you know, that's usually the first doctor people think, think mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're not a medical doctor, everyone always assumes it's a PhD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, my, my husband has a PhD and I have an EDD. So basically the difference is one is more research-based, like what you had said, mm -hmm. one is more practical. Mm -hmm. So not saying that a PhD is not practical, but more, uh, more than often the people that pursue the PhDs do a lot of research and then they continue that research after they're done. So they might go through a postdoc. They might want to be a professor and work under or have other students work under them to just maybe figure out whatever that problem of practice is and how they can change that with research versus my degree throughout the entire program. The purpose was be a change agent and implement right away. <laughs> so it's like, once you have this terminal degree, what are you going to do with it? And research is great, but it's more in the practical sense of you might see some, um, and I'm not interested in being a principal, but you might see some principals have their EDD because it's a more practical, uh, you know, degree in that sense. So though I would say it's research versus practicality. Yes, absolutely. That's the, that was my understanding as well. And I think when people are looking into getting a doctorate, they should really focus on looking at both tracks. Like, what are you really interested in? Like, what is your why? My why right. was like the research aspect. I love the process of conducting research. I wish there was almost like a mix of both to like do a little research, but also like get that um, focus on the practical experience. Like, how are you going to do this in the setting you want to work for right. people that don't necessarily want to pursue academia? Because I feel like that's a lot of people's tracks for PhDs, like you pursue academia, you get a, a professorship, or you do a research in a research lab or something. And I don't think that's necessarily everyone's goal anymore. Right. Um, right. So I, I definitely think if you are focused on like being a practitioner, really looking into the EDD is something that can be really beneficial, because I don't think people know enough about that. No, I, I absolutely would agree. And I think that once I graduated, I, I thought, how am I going to be this change agent that the program was preparing me for? And honestly, I found it on Instagram, you know, with Think Dyslexia and trying to make a difference. So um, I, I, I agree with the academia part that I think there is that I don't even want to say stereotype, but I feel like it is, you know, once you get that degree, it's like, OK, now what university am I going to work at? What? um kind of research and how can I advance my CV and my publications and not saying that I can't publish with an EDD. I absolutely want to, but I just want to enact change right away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely the focus in why you're getting your PhD is publication and presenting. There's a whole publish or perish mindset of like you either publish or you perish as a professor. So while you're getting your degree, you should be publishing. So you start your line of research. 
it's extraordinarily stressful for people that don't necessarily want to continue that on. That's true. <laughs> I, nope. I mean, it's probably stressful for everyone. Right. Um, but definitely thinking about that if you're pursuing a doctorate, a lot of your time in a PhD program will be focused on doing research and trying to get that published. If right. you want a lot of your time to be focused on practical aspects of applying evidence-based practices and how to best do that to best benefit and maximize the success of students, definitely think looking into an EDD is something that would be definitely worth your time. I would agree. So how long was your program? So they targeted for three years. Mm -hmm. I actually finished it in three years because I'm really, really focused. And at that time in my life, there were so many things that could have derailed me. I had just gotten married. I had just become a mom to my daughter, who's now 17. Um, she was 12 or 13 at the time when we bought a house together and had our blended family together. And then while this program was going on, I was pregnant with my youngest daughter. So it was a lot all at once. And I felt like I don't really even remember like the ins and outs of the work. I mean, I know it was challenging for mm -hmm. sure. Like I remember, you know, after I would make dinner and get my little one to bed or take my oldest one to soccer practice or whatever, it was now I need to write this paper. So I think like it was just so much happening at once, but I will say that my husband having gone through his program, he knew what I needed to do to, to get things done. So he helped maybe pick up the slack or the weight, or if he could sense I was stressed, or he was a great sounding board for theoretical frameworks, you know, it like vocabulary that I'm like, what is this? And I don't understand. So I think the short answer is the most challenging was life could have gotten in the way for me. And the, just the daily process of like, how do I keep this up? You know, how do I make sure that this is where I want to be to mm -hmm. complete this and staying on track. And mm -hmm. so I, I ended up, I ended up doing it, but I think it's because I had the support and help um, of my yeah. husband. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm very similar to my program is three years long. Um, I was a different point in life. Uh, I wasn't juggling all the things you're juggling. I cannot imagine. I really cannot imagine. <laughs> um, I was uh, right out of my school psych program and we had the option of doing a three or four year track and I I was like I have to be done in three years I want to get into schools I want to be a behavior specialist that was my dream job as much as I wanted to do research and all of that and I think that if you have that like motivation and you know life like it's very real that life can get in the way around things and using that as a driving force instead of a barrier, I think can help get people through programs. Yeah, um, definitely. But they can be challenging. What What would you say is like the most challenge was the most challenging aspect of your program? You know, so my program was hybrid, um, okay. which I loved that just being a, a working mom. And over the summer, we would have these, um, what did they call them? I think it was like the residential time where you would stay on campus for a week and you would meet your professors and you connect with people. And so it was my first hybrid summer and I was so excited to be on campus. And I remember I went to this, it was almost like a restorative circle, but it wasn't a restorative circle. I mean, mm -hmm. we were sitting in a circle and there was a professor talking about theoretical frameworks. And so I am sitting there taking like 
intense notes, trying to process what he's saying. And for me, the way I learn is I kind of need like an exemplar. I need to know, like, what does this look like? I need to see the blueprint, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was just speaking so abstractly. (laughs) I was like, what is this theoretical framework? So I remember I connected with um, a colleague and we ended up actually editing each other's papers and all that after that. And that was the whole point of the hybrid, you know, meeting people, connecting, because doing it online, you can feel it can be isolating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, okay, so I have my question, but, but is there like a, a textbook or something where I look to find a theoretical framework. And then I got confused when the professor was like, you can make up your own. And I was like, this is just like mind blown. I don't understand. I don't know where to start. So I would say for me, that was the hardest thing because that was the driving force for your dissertation. So you could have the question, but if you didn't have like building a house, if you didn't have the foundation to hold that house, what is, what is your theory based on? What is your research coming from? What, how are you, what's it grounded in? You know, it's grounded in research, but what is this framework? And so I want to say it probably took me a year because this is my first year in the program Mm -hmm. to really solidify, first of all, what is this theoretical framework? I mean, it was such an abstract concept and what fits best for my question, which I was continuously tweaking. Mm -hmm. So I, I, yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking about that question, that was the thing that it was, that just tripped me up for a good six to eight months. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, yeah, I, like the, the academic aspect of it, like, like you said, like, I can remember doing work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can remember like doing assignments and papers and all that, but I don't think that was necessarily the most challenging part of it. I felt like I knew how to do school. You know what I mean? Um, I think like you're saying, like for the EDD and like that, like you're laying the foundation for your dissertation and stuff like that there's there's a lot of pressure around especially in a three-year program knowing what your dissertation is going to be about and like working towards that because people here like like at least in my program you had a year to do your dissertation your third year was like your dissertation year Mm -hmm. yep but a year is like not a long time if you like when you're actually doing it it is not a long time at all so you the first two years you really have to have like really build that um and everything and that can be challenging for sure and and understanding that in, in our program your dissertation was a single case research design okay. so identifying like what you wanted to do for research you you theoretically should have piloted it at some point to like work out anything before you actually got to your dissertation so like having the time to pilot it and then like I was talking about like the publisher parish mindset there was so much competition in my program oh gosh and I am not a competitive person I am like a you can win person like you go ahead right. and be, like that is fine right um and so I just like didn't I don't think I fit into that aspect of it and I found that really challenging right and right in higher education it can be a little um cutthroat at times yeah I I was just about to say that I mean because you are competing with your colleagues like who's you know publishing more and are are these similar topics and you know how can I get my work out fast I mean it yeah Mm. there definitely is that cutthroat mentality yeah yeah which I just didn't jive with very well I remember um because I 
I was long distance with my boyfriend and my whole family lived where my boyfriend lived. And I remember going home every weekend. I lived two and a half hours away because I felt like I had to get away from it. Like I felt like I had to like, that was school. And I, and I, then I go home, you know, and I go home right, again, right. and I'm around like people that aren't, and I made some of my best friends in the program. So like, don't get me wrong about that, but I'm around people who aren't like looking at you, like how to get ahead, you know? Cause I, yeah, I hear you. Yes. Um, so I don't know. That was challenging for me for sure. Um, and, and, I like how like we both didn't have it wasn't necessarily like oh my god you had to read all these articles and write a paper like it's not necessarily like that's challenging um the time time yeah that's more time consuming yeah Yeah. but it's more of like you know applying how do you navigate the space within Mm -hmm. your program Mm -hmm. um my program was was much bigger I don't know how many people were in it but it was the kind of thing well and I guess for me I'm really outgoing and I I like to meet people and connect so when I went to these hybrid things I was all about networking Mm -hmm. versus maybe someone who was more of shy and introverted maybe that was challenging that you don't know who these people are besides a little avatar (laughs) that you're commenting on on their posts so um yeah yeah. Well, okay. So on the flip side of that, what would you say was the most rewarding aspect of getting your doctorate? I would say graduating, <laughs> right? I mean, I just remember going through the stages, the way my program was set up was once you got to the research um, classes, which I think was the third year, mm-hmm. or maybe I can't remember. I, and I feel like so much has happened. Well, obviously, because the whole pandemic, I feel like yeah. has thrown everyone off, but So um, with that, we had like research one, two, and three. And I think research one was supposed to gear you for your second or third chapter. So I know like our first year, we wrote our literature review, which was, you know, Mm -hmm. 15, 20 page paper. And that was like one of your chapters. So I liked how each class set us up for that. So it wasn't like, okay, you're done with coursework, dissertation time. Mm -hmm. So I felt like once I had that and got my groove and knew my theoretical framework, I mean, really the most rewarding part was, well, two parts. When I was done with those classes, I was like, this is chapter one. Obviously I had to have my advisor go back and editing and all that, but I didn't feel like I was starting from ground zero versus some of my um, colleagues would maybe write that paper for their class. And maybe they would get to research two and they're like, I don't like this paper that I had from research one. And they would like revamp stuff. So I felt like going in, I kind of knew what I wanted to focus on, which was mm-hmm. great. But I mean, nothing can top the graduation <laughs> and hearing doctor, you know, yeah. when you graduate and they give you like that degree and it's it's just such a rewarding feeling. Right. I don't even think defending my dissertation was like the most rewarding part. I remember that being very anticlimactic. Like <laughs> it I was, was. <laughs> I barely had a voice. I remember talking in that room for like two hours. I'm asking me all these questions leaving and then being like okay you pass and I got in my car and I drove home right <laughs> I just drove back two and a half hours and I was like all righty and we're done but I right. definitely think like you said like graduating um that whole like culmination it was like such like a relief I feel like at the end and like you accomplished like this big goal like I feel right. like there's something to be said for setting your sights on a goal and like really accomplishing it. And when so many things could have gotten in the way for sure. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So rewarding. 
So a lot of people ask me about funding for getting a doctorate. Was there funding available to you to offset the cost or do you know of funding that was available like in your program or how did you navigate that aspect of it? Yeah. So um, unfortunately I am used to having a lot of student loans. So for me, undergrad was all paid for because I earned a track scholarship. And once I, yeah, that's a, that's another chapter in my life, but that was awesome because that I went to Syracuse university and that's not a cheap school. So four years of that was paid for. I continued through grad school. And then that was when I learned what student loans were. Now I did have a partial scholarship at Syracuse, but once I started, got into the work world and then I started, you know, my doctorate program four years later, I don't remember if I really had much financial so no, you know what? I do think I had a small scholarship. I think it was a small scholarship that only spanned it to like the first year. I can't remember how much it was because Northeastern is a private school as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, these are just so, so many big numbers of like mm-hmm. how much this tuition is going to cost. So I will say that people who have asked me about getting their doctorate, they're like, yeah, but like that debt, you know, I just, I don't know if I can do that. I think, um, you know, and I, and I know you're probably going to ask this next question, but I, I do want to tie us into this. I think you have to figure out your why, you know, why do you want to do this? Why, like, does the, does the school amount or the financial aid amount offset your, your passion and your, your drive? And for me, that answer was immediately yes. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I don't, I did have to take out loans. Um, and, you know, and that's hard. I mean, it, it really is hard. But I think, like I said, for me, I'm just a lifelong learner and I will find ways to pay off, you know, the financial aid. But I mean, I feel like having this experience in this degree was was priceless. Yeah, I so for my PhD was fully funded. So awesome. in exchange for that, though, we had to work part-time for the school. So I could not hold a part-time or a full-time district position. So that's mm-hmm. like the caveat of like people that worked previously, you ha- you essentially had to give up your job to attend the program and work for them, whatever they assigned you to do for 20 hours a week. And they paid for your tuition, your health care, and they gave you a stipend to live off of. Nothing. The stipend was like very small. It's not like you could live off of, live off of it, especially if you had a job previously. Um, so that was really nice. And so I think that also may, people need to be aware that that's an option. Like there, mm-hmm. those are those things, but there's like trade-offs to it, right? Like right. you, you really have to see like where you are in life and what you can feasibly do. Cause I know mm-hmm. people that are very used to a full-time salary that can be really challenging to, to give that up. Like you, you have to get for the program I went to, you had to give it up. Um, and so exactly like you said, like, what is your why behind it in terms of that financial aspect of it? For me, I didn't have to take out a loan. I was able to, um, I had three jobs while I was doing my PhD to, to like add to that small, tiny student stipend. Um, and I always had in like the back of my mind, cause all my friends were like full-time jobs, working world, like had full-time salaries. Like I'm still a student and <laughs> living off this teeny tiny little income. Um, <laughs> But like my why was like that I wanted it, you know, this is what I wanted to do. And so I was okay doing that. And 
um, if funding is something that you're looking for, I know there's definitely options. And even if your program's not fully funded, a lot of programs have those graduate assistantships. It's just working with the university to figure out how you can feasibly do that with whatever else you have going on to help offset some of that cost. If right. that's something that you're looking to do, um, it's just like really what where you are in life, you know, like right. how you want to feasibly do it. Um, but there is funding available. There's loans available. Um, everyone takes a different path with it, I think. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> um, no, but I think that that's awesome that you were able to um, have it fully funded. I mean, that is like such a, an amazing experience. And I think to um, touch on what you had just said, people do need to kind of figure out what is their why behind it and where are they in life? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Because that sure. makes a huge difference. You know, if you are a working parent and you are used to that salary and all of that, that's a huge difference. Um, and for me, like I needed where I was at that point. I couldn't, I didn't want to commute anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I liked that. And this was pre-pandemic. I liked that hybrid model of, I can just open up my computer, go to class, you know, put on some headphones or whatever the case might be. Right. And then in the summertime, I take that week where I can meet my professors and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah I think there are so many options for people out there. Right. And I think it's just like really doing your research on programs, like really looking. I always tell pe people, because mainly people ask me about getting their PhD in behavior analysis. I always tell people, look at what classes are being offered because are, are they aligned on what you think you're going to learn in a PhD program? Most people are assuming I'm, you know, I have my bachelor's degree and a master's degree. Now my doctor on top of that is going to teach me all these extra things. Right, right. Which might not just necessarily be the case. Uh, I mean, I took four of the exact same, not the exact same, they were taught by different people, four of the exact same research methods class throughout my 10 years in school. And wow, it was just like how the program was sequenced. And I think right. people think I'll learn this new thing, but it might just be advanced knowledge on something you already know, which might be worth it to you. Like, it just really depends, like looking at the coursework and the trajectory of the program because they can be really different is something before you go undertaking it, I would really spend time doing if you are looking at it, um, especially like the financial aspect of it too, looking at what you're getting out of what you're paying for. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. So what advice do you have to someone? I know you probably have a lot, but if you can pick like one or two things that you would tell people before getting a doctorate, what would it be? I think like what you had said, the first thing is to do your research. I actually had a woman who found me on LinkedIn, it, like emailed me and asked, she wanted my opinion. She wanted to know, like, I'm looking at this doctorate program. Can we talk? Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course I was like, sure, why not? And so when we talked, it was more of like, I gave her some of the logistics about the program, but it was really the bigger scope of what we're talking about here. What is your why? Do are you going to school to get in a higher paying bracket? You know, like, are do you want that degree so you can say I'm doctor and this is what I want salary wise? Are you doing it just because it's been a life passion of yours? Is there a specific question that you really want to research? I mean, I think there's so many different aspects to think about it. Mm -hmm. And um, and really the bottom line is only you can answer that. So I think that when there are folks that are like, well, should I do this? 
I just pose those critical questions and then I kind of volley it back to them and, and they have to really think about it because the, the thing that I can say, and I know you know this too, it, it's a huge commitment. And there are some people who will start a program and they may not finish it. And it could be because of life. It could be because of financials. Um, I remember I had a professor um, in college, actually, who was working on his doctorate and he never got to the, or he got to the dissertation phase, but just couldn't, I think he just kept changing his question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was over 10 years ago. So I'm hoping he graduated at that point, but I think he was already in the program for like seven or eight years. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge commitment. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, really think about, do I have the time, energy and space? Cause let's just say that you're a millionaire and you have the money, or let's just say you do have, um, the program kind of how you had things paid for. What does your time look like? Because you're investing a lot of time, you know, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, you know, think about is writing for you. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And so those are questions to pose for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, just think about your why and think about what do you want to do with this degree? Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. I definitely think those are important aspects to consider and, and advice for people to hear. I would also say before getting a PhD or an EDD or a PsyD, doctorate of any kind, have a plan for how you are going to manage your mental health and physical health through the program. That is a really guess. Because yeah. I think people, like you're saying, it's a huge commitment and there are challenges that come along with that. Yeah. Everyone's scenario is different. Um, I would say have a plan for what your values are and how you're going to feasibly carry out all those values. If your values are around spending a lot of time with your family, how are you going to do that and go through the program so that you're not compromising things? What what I saw a lot of people struggle with and what I struggled with is like, how do I find the time for everything? And in a and also follow this goal that I have and this dream that I had to do this while also managing mental and physical health. Like, I think you have to go into it with a plan and be able to, like, no one knows what it's like until you're actually in the program, obviously, but having, you know, some sort of framework around, you know, these are my values around mental and physical health. And this is what I'm going to do to make sure that while I'm doing this, I'm not sacrificing those aspects because I will say, at least for me, the anxiety can get to you. And that aspect of it was really challenging. And if you don't have a plan for that going into it, not saying like this is big, scary thing, but there's challenges that go along with it. And it's, it can be really um, daunting at times. But if you have a plan for it, I think you can be really, really successful. Um, I don't want that to come off sounding like, oh my God, it's going to be terrible or anything. No, no. But I think you're, you're making a good point. And I totally forgot about that aspect of it, which I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like maybe because I'm right now, as we were talking before about just teachers right now, we're just overloaded, <laughs> you know, like I'm finding ways how I can balance my mental health take care of, you know, all of those things and keeping that in check. Mm -hmm. And I think you're, I think you're right. I do want to comment on the fact that from my experience, I feel like the people that genuinely, um, 
um, that generally um, choose to pursue their doctorate, I think have that drive and motivation. Mm-hmm. Like it's rare that you're going to get someone who's looking for a, a quick scheme or like, you know, like they, they want to put in the time, effort and energy, which tells me that you might burn out because you have that drive and motivation that you will, you do need to find that time for the Mm -hmm. self-care. And I think that because at a point in time you get in the program, you have to become self-motivated to finish your dissertation. Mm -hmm. I think when you do that, there is something within you to say, I can set, create a plan. You know, I can say, gosh, I haven't worked out in two months, you know, cause I, I had heard some colleagues in the field that were like, I am just tired all the time. I'm not eating well. I'm not sleeping. I haven't worked out. And that can really impact the way that you're connecting. Like you said, with your values, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your spouse, maybe mm-hmm. it's taking care of yourself. So thank you for bringing that up. Cause yeah. that is huge. Yeah, definitely. I definitely totally agree with you. It's typically not something someone just on the weekends like, well, this would be a fun activity. Let's apply to a, beach or let's apply to a doctor program, you know? Um, I definitely totally agree with you that it's something that a lot of people put a lot of thought into and have that drive behind it. Um, and that, that obviously is a really helpful personality trait to have throughout these programs, right? It's just having that like plan B on the black burner of like, when it gets really challenging, how am I going to continue to push through this for challenges right. that you don't necessarily know that you haven't experienced it yet, but having that plan would be really important to, to finishing. Cause like you said, some people don't, don't necessarily finish. And, right. um, you know, I, I know in my program, you, once you entered into, once you passed candidacy, you had five years to finish your dissertation. So you could take up to five years to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always of the mindset, if I didn't get it done in that third year, I wouldn't get it done. So like, right. that was my motivation of like, you don't have the option of doing another year. Your option is to get it done and then start working because I like so desperately wanted my dream job. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I hear that. So would you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, given... The student loans and stuff, probably no. Um, no, I think that I've 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 grappled with like a postdoc, but I don't. I think I'm. I think I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the dissertation. I could, you know, a good nighttime read. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think you know what? What is it? I gosh, eight, ten years of schooling. So I just feel like. Uh, it was rewarding and I'm glad I did go through it, but mm-hmm. probably yeah. wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, some people ask me like, if you went back five years to decide if you were going to do this, would you make the same decision? And I don't know if my decision would be different. I think at times I wish I could just take like a class on some, like I loved to learn and I love learning. I wish I could just take a class, you know, and there's so many great trainings out there now that that's possible. And there's so much great PD out there and stuff. Um, so it's definitely possible to do that. I don't right. know if I would, I think five years ago, I would make the same decision that I did. I might've like looked more into an EDD than I did. Mm-hmm. I had my heart set on the program that I went to. I was like, this is where right. I'm going. There's no options. It's only two and a half hours away from my family. I can make it work. Right. Um, but I think I would have looked into it more. That's why I tell people, like, really spend your time researching it. 
I would agree. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun and it's so great to get someone else's perspective, especially another woman in the field of education who has um, a doctorate degree. And I just want to thank you for your time and we'll have to do it again sometime. I would agree. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great discussion.